When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to episode 137 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne, joined by, as always, Connor Hurley Hurls. I dropped my phone, but how are you? I'm good. Got a fantasy football draft here in about an hour, so it's the reason I got the old school Bruce Smith jersey on. Um, so that's not a year. Preseason's over. We got about two weeks, less than a week and a half until the actual regular season starts, so we're getting... Getting into it, but still ready to talk some hockey. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Um, a lot of news to cover. Um, you know, yeah, yesterday we obviously heard the news about uh, Terry Bagula taking over as president of the team, um, kind of essentially liquidating or dissolving Pagula Sports Entertainment. And what does this mean for the future of the team? Is this more of you know, him using the assets he has to catch more tax breaks because he's $300 million over budget already for the stadium. Is this a situation where it's been speculated? Maybe it makes it easier uh, for some type of sale of the team. If you were ever decided to go in that direction because he's $300 million over budget for the new stadium that he probably has to foot the bill for, Um, you know, there are a lot of different directions you can go and speculate with it. Um, What are your feelings on it? Like, what does this mean to you? Does this affect the current direction the Sabres are in, both on the ice and off the ice? Does he have? Does he want more control over the direction of the team? Does he let Kevin Adams continue to do what he's doing? What does this mean? I personally don't think it means much. Um, he's not involved with the day-to-day operations of either team that much anyway. He's basically relinquished all control to Kevin Adams and Don Granato in terms of personnel moves yep. and building the organization as he did with the Bills, with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Um, so I really do believe this is more towards the latter of what you said, like a tax, uh, money-saving, uh, logistic business-type decision that just made sense for the organization in a variety of different ways. Of course, everyone's going to speculate that he's going to sell the Sabres and the Sabres are moving. And it's going to be doom and gloom all over the internet until something is solidified. But in my opinion, uh, 
He's already making so much money on the bills, even though he is over budget for the stadium, he's going to make all that money back. The NFL is sending, I think, hundreds of millions of dollars in gambling revenue, new gambling revenue to each team in the next two to three years. Um, He's going to make more money on the stadium than it costs to build it just from personal seat licenses and all the new money that's going to come from having a new stadium. Uh, The Bills are making more money than they ever have, and they're going to make more money than they ever have as long as Josh Allen's the quarterback. So I don't think he's too worried about money. I really don't. I just think that this is just a logistical business move and everything will fall into place after that. So every single thing you see about the Sabres potentially moving, you can ignore and move on and we can just not worry about that at all. Yeah, I think you're right. I, uh, you know, the conspiracy theorist, not so much conspiracy, but theorist wants to say, Hey, Maybe this leads to a sale. A minority because it was speculated last year that the, the team was quietly for sale. At least a minority stake of the team. That's if, if that is true, I could see that be the most logical thing. Terry Pagula sells a minority minority stake in the team. Uh, you know where he still has obviously you know overall control of the team and the direction of the team, but then he has obviously people to answer to especially after see, after seeing what the Senators sold for. Not that Buffalo is remotely close to that value, but if you could make your money back for the, you know, the overage of the stadium deal by selling a small minority, or not small, but a minority stake in the team by doing so, I mean, I could see that happening. You know, that's all I'm saying. I'm not sure to, you know, throw, you know, blow on the fire, you know, add fuel to the flames. It just – I wouldn't be surprised. I just wouldn't be, especially with how much it's been rumored that that is a thing. So, but I digress. I know nothing. I'm just internet, Twitter, podcasting guy, just speculating. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's all we can do right now. Um, I think he bought the bills for 1.4, 1.5 billion in 2014, I believe. And I can almost guarantee you that they're worth over 2 billion now. Oh, easily. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe a shade under, a shade over, right around there. He's already returned on his investment from that, and it's only going to get bigger. The Sabres investment is probably um, just as good. So the thing I know about billionaires is that as much money as they already have, they can only want more, and they're all about cutting corners where they can in terms of tax purposes and everything else. The, the PSC development – uh, is interesting. I've had a lot of friends that have worked for that company. Thankfully, it doesn't seem like too many employees were affected by it at all. Um, they're just reassigning their roles back to either what they originally were with each team, the Sabres or the Bills, or they have a new defined role uh, given that the overarching company is is dissolving. Um, so I think at the end of the day, like that was my initial worry uh, for my friends who worked there and all the hardworking people who honestly make some of the best off the field content of any professional sports teams in the entire league, the beyond blue and gold and the Buffalo bills embedded series, I think are one of the best off the field documentary style content uh, production series that any team has. Um, So as long as that type of content is still there, that level of production, that level of expertise is there for both teams, because of course the, the fans of each team will still be interested in that type of thing. I think it's a moot point. It's a business tax thing, and we can all move on and enjoy each season coming up. 
Yeah, and in terms of what you mentioned with that, like the people who do do those, like you know, sabers, you know, the embedded and the beyond blue. I can't agree with you more. Like those behind the scenes, the types of like you know documentaries or miniseries have been a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I'm not sure if they're also in charge of the Jeff Skinner between two stalls stuff, but that's been also been you know amazing. But I could agree with you more, man. That they've done a bang up job, and I hope the people over at PSC aren't in any danger of you know losing their jobs. I hope that they'll still stay in their same roles, but. People who dealt with mostly with the Bills are going to just going to work directly with the Bills. The people who directly dealt directly with the Sabres now have that same role, but just just with the Sabres. Like, it kind of seems that that's been uh, the direction of this move is just to make one focus, have focus on one, and then being the Sabres, and then you guys focus on this, and we keep everything separate. You know, not to get away from the one Buffalo mantra, but I mean kind of that's what PSE was. PSE was, right? One Buffalo and now it's dissolved. So um also obviously in Buffalo, we've already spoken on it with Rick Janaret. We had Derek Plan on for uh episode 136. Um he had his memorial um this past week and uh, I believe it was yesterday, correct? Uh Sun Saturday or Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So um saw lots of pictures, lots of speeches, the guest speakers that were there. Um you know, from Rob Ray, Dan Dunleavy, who looked really dapper in his suit coat. And he had the, uh, it was the black and red goat head colored. It was an outline of Rick Janaret, but instead of it being his picture, it was just laced with all of his famous calls. Super nice uh, uh, shirt, you know, he had the matching, like I think black or red rimmed glasses. And then the Sabres pin with the, what are those called that sit in the pocket of the suit coat? The, uh, like, uh, the handkerchief things or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Somebody in the comments to tell us and enlighten us and, you know, you know, educate us to be great. But uh, he looked real dapper. Yeah, obviously, Marty Baron, I said, Rob Ray, Brian Duff, uh, just a, a great panel. They're speaking on behalf of, of, of RJ. And, you know, we had our, you know, in mem uh, memory of episode with, with Derek and, you know, it was very well received. Um, I uh, wish I could have been there, but I had a little bit of a uh, hockey-related injury myself from skating with the 11-day power play guys. Uh, first shot of the pickup skate hurls. I'm moving left to right. Outside of my paint, guys coming at me one-on-one -on -one wide. And as I'm moving left to right off the pass, the front of my skate catches a giant rut. And I go down this way. But for what I, instead of letting myself just fall and just, you know, biting it, I tried to recover and I tried to keep myself up and I just felt everything tighten up and I'm like, uh Oh, and then the puck still went in the net. And, you know, I actually played very, very well after that. Um, but still I, uh, was in pain for like three, you know, since then pretty much been in pain since then. So, um, I'm going to be 36 in a week and, uh, I feel like I'm 56. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. I, uh, I get pain in like my abductors, upper thighs, like hips, just squatting down sometimes to like yeah. read, a, read a putt on, on the green. So that's tough. That's Not a fun. Re really tough realization. But the importance of stretching, uh, active stretching before the game, high knees, uh, jogging, whatever you need to do to warm up the muscles, uh, and then static stretching after the game. These are things I've learned in physical therapy 
um, just your classic groin stretches, uh, lunges, that type of thing to uh, keep your body nice and limber. Um, these are the things we, we go through as, uh, as goalies. Thankfully, I haven't had too many major injuries recently, but yeah, the, the groin hip area is always uh, at risk with the position that we play. But um, yeah, as you mentioned, the Memorial seemed really nice. I didn't even know that they were going to do that, to be honest. I knew some people that ended up going down to it. Uh, it seems like they got a pretty good turnout, um, as you would expect. And a lot of people there. Yeah, and it only signals uh, how much more uh, it's going to mean on opening night uh, against the Rangers on October 12th. You can't. You got to imagine they'll be doing something uh, to honor RJ that night as well. Um, it'll be a packed packed house. Uh, expectations sky high for the team against the Rangers. Yeah, Devin Levi in that. Um, it's going to be amazing. Um, and one more thing, I, I, we didn't mention too much in in the, in the RJ conversation the other night, but I think uh, Dan Dunleavy has uh, taken the reins as well yes. as anyone you could ever imagine. Um, just logistically, he's a very good play-by-play man. He doesn't uh, talk too much uh, outside of his his role, and he lets Rob Ray do the, do the color. But I also think he's just a very, very skilled play-by-play man. Um, and it's not an easy thing to do. Huge, massive shoes to fill. Uh, and even when he was in that transition period with RJ still calling a few games, him doing games on the road, certain home games towards the end as well. I think he handled it with as much grace and professionalism as you can possibly imagine. I actually uh, got a chance to speak with him when I was over in Sweden to uh, watch the uh, games a few years ago against the Lightning. Uh, we had a five, six-minute conversation, and he's the nicest guy in the world. Uh, he's the best guy you could ever imagine to take over for Rick Jennerette. Uh And the future of the Sabres play-by-play booth is in really, really good hands. So I was, I was glad to see he could do that. He's definitely really good with fans in terms of engaging. You see it on social media. He never has a problem engaging with fans when they have questions and whatnot. Like, I like Dan a lot. Um, unfortunately, there always is going to be criticism of him because of the shoes he's filling. Um, much I like much, I really don't see much criticism of him. I really don't. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Um, I've had conversations. I, I personally think he's great. Um, I just think that I, in different spectrums, but – you know, when you fill such enormous shoes like Rick Janerat, you, you people hold up to a level like this. Yeah. And even if their level's here and you you're right here, there's still always going to be criticism, unfortunately, um, especially in this city. Uh, you know, I've always said that it didn't matter. Even like the when Ryan Miller, even at his peak, you know, and how great he was in this city, would still get criticized enormously. You know, we get monikers like Mr. Softy. I always said this, the city has such a high standard for goaltender uh, when you went from Dom to Baran or in the bridge between Baran or the bridge between Dom and, and Miller was Baran. And then everything we've had after up now until Levi, like, you know, you're always going to get criticism. So I, I don't think that Dan Levy, Dan Dunleavy is deserving of criticism. I think he's phenomenal. Um, I think that, to your point, he handles himself very well out there. Um, he lets Rob, he lets Rob do his job, and Rob has had a lot of growing pains too. You know, filling in for Jim Lorenz. You know, you know, it went from Lorenz to Harry Neal, and then to Rob. Um, and Lorenz and Harry Neal were two of the best in their in their position. Like Harry Neal, even even in his later days with 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 uh, with RJ, was great. You know, I couldn't think of a better guy to go. To, to, to go to after a guy like Jim Lorenz and Harry Neal 
and then you go to Rob, who is as green as it comes in that position. And it took some time and RJ used to joke about it, but you know, he's been great and you know, him and Dan work really well together. So I, I couldn't be more happier with Dan Dunleavy. So, and I hope most fans do, you know, even the ones that do criticize eventually come around and, and do believe in that too. I, uh, um, because I have seen it here and there, but uh, the, the, the memorial itself was done very well. Um, you know, my expectations go into that. I streamed most of it. Um, I wasn't sure what to expect, but, you know, a couple clicks for the Sabres organization for getting that done and, you know, making it as classy and well representative of his career as they did. So I uh, was really happy with, with, with what they did out there. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I think that they've done this type of thing really well over the past few years after – I would say several several years of disappointments. Uh, even RJ Knight uh, a year and a half ago, uh, Ryan Miller Knight uh, last season, they've really handled these things with a significant amount of class. And that goes back to the social media department, the video and production teams, the organization as a whole. I think Kevin Adams has gotten everybody in line and he's gotten everybody into defined roles and everybody understands what they need to do. And this is a really good example so it, it only it means only good things moving forward for this type of thing in the, the direction of the organization oh yeah it's again it's um and so you i mean i wanted to piggyback off that earlier too i mean opening night you would expect absolutely you'll have rj written in the behind both nets um you'll definitely have some type of ceremony before the game expectations are will absolutely be be high and um you know, with it being against the Rangers, Levi and Nat, we all know how both, you know, how he fared in his in his career debut against the Rangers. Um, you know, all these, all this hype and expectation around this team. Um, I can't wait, you know, because I'll be there uh, for opening night against the Rangers. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. I, uh, I think I will be too. It seems, it seems like it's a pretty good possibility. So we can meet in person. That would be that would be nice finally after uh, ten or so months, um, and yeah, I mean it, it'll be the biggest Sabers game in in years um, for sure. There were there were a lot of them last season, but this this opening night game against the Rangers and a lot of games thereafter will be the biggest games for uh, this team in a very long time. So looking forward to it. So um, another thing too that's been popped that popped up obviously on social media. Um, Davin Levi has been, uh, going viral a little bit with some of his off season training. You seen those videos yet? Yeah. Yeah. I saw a couple of them over the weekend. It's yeah. Pretty, pretty ridiculous. Good to see that he's kept in shape. I'm trying to bring, I'm trying to bring up the videos on Twitter right now. It's not, it's not allowing me to. You, you, mean, you mean X? Huh? You mean X? No, I won't call it X. I absolutely refuse to call it X and you shouldn't either. It's I, uh, I refuse to download the new app on my phone. So it hasn't up, updated the little icon. Oh, so you still got the bird, huh? Still have the blue bird, and I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm gonna have that for as long as I possibly can. You're gonna milk that as long as you possibly can, huh? Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I'm uh, I'm gonna try and bring up the. Here we go. I actually got it right here. One moment. Blah 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 blah. blah. We'll share the screen uh, for all those who are watching. Um. Some pretty gnarly saves here from Devin Levi. So, let's on this guy. Like, 
he already had his glove out there before the puck was even off his stick. I um I don't know if it's playing. I, I don't know if you can see it. I can't I can't see the playback on it. You can't see it? No. Should be right there. Hold on, hold on. My fault. I'm presenting I'm sharing the wrong screen. Hold on. See guys, this is uh That. Here we go. Share screen. Here we go. Boom. This is great. Right here. Puck comes off his pad. He's already got his glove out. It's so ridiculous. It's like he's a, a major league shortstop diving for a ball, essentially. That's the level of athleticism that we're talking about here. The anticipation, like you said, to already have his glove out, knowing where that rebound is going to be. Yep. And it's not like that was just like a happen for the forward on the right. He got all of that. Yeah. Like, that was a incredibly hard snapshot. Um, so the athleticism to get over there, the anticipation, the mental game, the physical game, it's everything we've talked about. It's everything that uh, we can be excited for and look forward to uh, this upcoming season uh, because he's going to make those types of saves regularly he has throughout his career and it's only going to continue because that's the type of game he has he's insanely athletic he's so intelligent and it's exactly what you need to succeed as a goalie uh, of his size so yeah i i personally cannot wait that's it's really amazing yeah and um i just i, I can i can get used to this man um it's unfortunate we didn't have social media i mean i I wish I'm glad we didn't have social media back then so kids could be kids, but it would have been cool to have social media in the age of Hashik where all these things are going viral during training camp or practice or the off season as he's doing them, because there are probably so many saves out there that we haven't seen. There probably there are that we could have, we could have seen in the age of social media. It would have been awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really too bad. We just have the ones that uh, we didn't did in the game, but yeah, I can't imagine what Hashik did in practice back in the day. Uh, from what I heard, he absolutely despised letting up a goal, and he would get so unbelievably upset every single time that he did. Yeah. So you can only imagine the type of saves that he was making and his antics and that back there. But, um, yeah, just thankful that we have it now and uh, looking forward to see what he does in a couple months. Friend of the program, uh, Andy Andrew Peters, he told, told me a story once where – I can't remember if he was just a healthy scratch and Dom was uh, just getting off injury, rehabbing, and they were just on the ice. And it was just him shooting on Dom. It was obviously really early in his career. And Dom had him set all the pucks up around the perimeter of, outside the blue paint. And they just did one of those old school drills. Peter would just shoot and go to the next puck, shoot, 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 kind of like a scramble drill. And he had his head down the entire time. And he got to like the fourth puck and he picked his head up and Dom wasn't even paying attention to the drill anymore. He was taking the puck out of the net. He got like Peter scored on one of the shots and Dom just gave up on the rest of the drill, went and got the puck because they didn't want to let a single puck in that. So he wants to start over again. Yeah, that's a ridiculous expectation for any goalie. I guess that's like what you need to do to be at that level. But I've thought about that before in practice or warm-ups before a game, just trying yeah. to save every single shot. And it's, it's impossible. Um, no goalie should have that expectation. But when you're the greatest goalie of all time, I guess that's that's where your head's at. Yeah, it's true. Um, another piece of uh, news, not news, but no news, 
is obviously still no contracts for Dowling or Power. And again, another week goes by and we're still waiting. Obviously, we've seen some of the videos of Dowling doing some stuff with spit and chicklets, uh, that accuracy shooting thing. I'm not sure how long ago they shot that, if that was recent or not. Um, you know, Dowling has been seen doing stuff for NHL 24, uh, but still no contracts for either of them. Um, when do you start to get worried? I would say, let's say mid-September. Let's say like there's a month left um, or less than a month until opening night. And even so, like, I think there's probably more to it than we probably realize. Of course, like the expectation was set based upon the report that it was going to happen on July 1st. But we all know how strange this offseason was in terms of the salary cap and everything involved with uh, roster building. And yeah. that might not even completely be done until the end of training camp in terms of where the Sabres are financially, where they think they're going to be um, at the end of training camp. So actually, I, I'll change my answer to the end of training camp uh, just because that may give a clearer picture of what they're going to be able to pay these guys or – if they're going to be able to get on the same page as both um, Dowling and Powers agents and, and that themselves as players. So yeah. And end of training camp, probably end of September, early October. So I think that's a realistic expectation at this point, given that it hasn't happened already. Yeah. Um, I, 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 my guess is they probably want to announce them together, not just yeah, one another. So. And they're probably maybe still trying to get, as much term for power right now. Uh, you have to imagine Adams, given the history, wants eight years. He doesn't want to do a bridge deal. He wants eight years. And maybe they're trying to find a number that works out for both sides. I have to imagine Darlene is done. Like, I have to imagine that contract is done. Yeah, it's relatively simple. It should be eight years, 10 million a year. Yeah, uh, there's no no questioning it. Yeah. My, my question is maybe it's Owen Power. You know, maybe they're only offering seven million. He wants eight and a half, or maybe they'll meet at eight. Who knows? But I have to imagine the the hang up here right now is Owen Power. And again, this isn't news. This is just me, my opinion. Owen Power, in term. Yeah, I'd say so. It's a little bit more complicated given his age and his projection level. So, uh, so now he can get ten million dollar defenseman. Yeah, and I also can't imagine it's like a heated a laborious back and forth between power is agent and the Sabres right now. I bet yeah. where they each have some type of expectation and they've tabled it and they're working on coming to an agreement. Uh, but I don't think it's this big fight or this huge negotiation. He seems like a relatively low key dude. I listened to him on spin checklist last week when he was on with Maddie Beniers. He seems like he's all about the organization, the direction of the organization. Uh, he mentioned playing with Darlene. Uh, the locker room in general, it doesn't seem like at all that he doesn't want to be here. It's just more so figuring out uh, what works best. And it's a complicated thing given that he's only played one season and he's 20, 21 years old. Um, he was just rated as the number 13 prospect under the age of 23 uh, in all of the NHL, which I personally thought was a little bit low. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a complicated thing and there's still time to get it done. So I don't think we have to worry. Yeah. I mean, again, to your point, if we get to the end of training camp and we still don't have an announcement on either, um, yeah, then I'm going to start to worry uh, for sure. Uh, so you're getting ready to draft fantasy football. Uh, any details on the league? Uh, where are you picking? And 
where are you leaning? Uh, 10th overall pick, so 10th and 11th. It's a 10-team PPR league in ESPN. Uh, based upon the thousands of mock drafts that I've done, I'm fairly confident I can get uh, one of, like, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, hopefully Bijan Robinson as a running back. And then I'm almost comp- like very, very confident I can get Stefan Diggs with that, with that other pick. Um, so that would be great. My goal in these fantasy drafts is always to get a running back one and a wide receiver one with my top two picks, um, unless it's a Travis Kelsey or something ridiculous that, that falls to you. But based upon everything I've done, uh, that's where I'm leaning. I'm heavily staying away from – guys in bad situations like Derrick Henry or Devontae Adams or uh, Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, he's not even going to play the first four games. So we'll see what falls. But, yeah, if I end up with Tony Pollard and Stephon Diggs in the 10th spot uh, in the first round, I'm going to be very, very happy. Where does Jonathan Taylor go in drafts, you think? Like how I mean, I mean now, like, it's got to be, like, the sixth or seventh round, maybe even later. Uh, because even, like, he's guaranteed not to play the first four yeah. regular season games now. And given the contract situation, and he also had an injury issue, like he might not play the whole season. So I think you at least, if you already have two running backs and he's still there and he's your top reserve running back, maybe it's worth a chance at that point. But I would stay far away from him, um, especially if, if you haven't filled your running back spots yet. Because if he's healthy and ready to go by the trade deadline, like – and they can find a suitable trading partner for a team and a running back, and yeah. he's ready to oh, go. And he's healthy. I mean, sure. that's a great flyer in the seventh or eighth round. You know, you're looking pretty good for yourself. Um, I have two drafts back to back tomorrow and Thursday. I'm picking first in my longest standing league, the one I've been in the longest. Um, picking first and a PPR, same thing. I mean, it's Justin Jefferson, right? Not me. You have to take Jefferson. Jefferson, even over the best running back, Jefferson's going to demand probably around 130 catches this season. Get it? You know, come close. 120, 130 catches this season, 15, 1600 yards, and lead the league probably in wide receiver touchdowns. Yeah, the only argument I'd say is Chris McCaffrey, given his first full season in the 49ers offense, which is a really run-heavy offense. I think Brock Purdy's going to just dump it down to him, so he's going to have a lot of receptions as well. But there is a lot of injury concern with, with McCaffrey. Always, yeah. Um, I mean, he's a little bit older. Um, you never know with running backs. Um, you can still get a good one in the second round if you go Jefferson first. So everything I've seen is that, yeah, it's the surefire safest pick that you can possibly make. Where does the rookie sensation B. John Robinson end up going in the That's what I was saying. Like, I've, I've seen him second half of the, the first round anywhere from, like, 5 to 10, sometimes falling as far as 15 just because people – aren't too confident taking a rookie running back, but it's the most run heavy offense in the league. And the dude is an absolute beast. I don't think you have to be concerned about rookie running backs anymore because uh, the uh, like earlier half of a running back's career is where they're valued most these days, as we've seen with all these contract issues and negotiations. So I would, if he falls to 10, I'm absolutely taking him. And I would probably take him as high as six or seven, to be honest. I agree. I uh, <laughs> I had to pull out of one of my favorite leagues. It's a two hundred fifty dollar league, um, and because of my playoff game for men's league, um, you can't you, you can't bring a non roster. I mean, the, it, it, you can bring in a. I just don't want to miss the game. You know what I mean? It's a playoff game. I tried to work around it. Unfortunately, I couldn't. You know, make things work. 
and we got fucking pumped by like six or seven goals. It was bad. Um, had a guy on their team while up by six with a couple minutes left in the third, wind up and take a clapper nearly at my head from about 15 feet out. And I look at him like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? You're up by six with three minutes left. Like, is that really necessary? He goes, oh, I didn't mean to. So didn't real. Mean to? Didn't mean to. Like, and then I had another guy, like 30 seconds later, try the Michigan. Like, I hate yeah, man. Wrestling, man. I really do. After what happened to me in, in the playoffs last year, I'm so over it. But season starts next week, so we're right back at it. Revenge tour. Uh, early October for me, so we got like a month off. And then uh, we got to reconvene and put together a new team because we're losing some guys to college hockey. So, um, But that's about it for me, bud. I know you got a draft to get to. Any final thoughts? Yeah, that's about it for me too. Um, yeah, there's really – Nothing projected to happen in the next week or two, hockey-wise. Uh, we'll see, obviously. Always on Darlene and Power Watch, and we'll go from there. But, uh, yeah, football starting up. At least that'll take our minds off things for a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any even, like, remotely relevant NHL news that I can think of. No, this is a very slow time of year. So, it's nice. Ease our minds, take our minds off of it, and then we'll uh, we'll be ready for the season. For sure. Uh, this has been episode 137 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am Dwayne Verhurls, Uh signing off. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Maybe we'll have a guest. Who knows? Uh, I'll make it. I'll make the honest attempt. But uh, this is brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on George Irvin Boulevard. Make sure you, when you get over there to buy all of your Bills game day needs and some, some point sabers game night, uh, let them know the boys from Two Goals when Mike sent you. Uh, we will talk to you later and uh, see you next week. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto. 
Bitcoin and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.